Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, friends. Before we begin this episode of Equipped to Be, I have an announcement to make. The Focus on the Family broadcast that I had previously mentioned that would be airing on the 23rd of December, 2020, actually got rescheduled and moved to December 31st. Now, this is part of their Best of 2020 series that I was honored to be part of. You can still purchase it in digital format. Uh, You can go listen to it on the broadcast. I will have it in the show notes. I will also have it on my social media channels. And you can visit Focus on the Family Best of 2020 series. I hope you tune in and listen to it, and I hope it blesses you and encourages you as you begin a new year with your child and creating opportunities to paint pictures of possibilities for your kids. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Equipped to Be. I am your host, Connie Albers, and I have got Candace Duggar back in the studio for part two, where we were talking about bullying. She is an anti-bullying warrior. She herself had experienced bullying with her son, which is really put her on this crusade, this mission to help parents help their child navigate if they're being bullied or if it's just conflict. She's got some awesome products. She's got a conference coming up that I mentioned in the last episode for parents that want to learn about Gen Z bullying. It's a self-paced course. I mentioned it the last time. It actually started January 4th, and I'm, I'll am i ask her when we bring her on the program if that's still open. I'm sure it is, but she's been featured on NBC, CBN, FRC. She's trains Fortune 100 companies in different aspects of bullying and resolution. You know what else uh, I love about her is she has a conference that reaches around the world, and it's the Imagine Education Conference. And that's actually where I got to know Candace because I was a speaker on her conference, and Imagine Education. She has over 80 speakers, 100 talks, reaching thousands and thousands of of people. And she has some courses on public school to homeschool, and she focuses on how to uh, coming home, how to bring your kids home and acclimate to the world of homeschooling, which, you know, most of us haven't had that privilege. We were just uh, told immediately, you're going to homeschool your kids or you're going to do it virtually, and everybody has been in, in panic mode. And she has got some great products and classes available to you. So we're going to pick up on part two, and we're going to give you some practical tips on what to do if your child is, if it's a conflict, how to resolve it, or if it's a bullying situation, how to get to the heart of it and what to do. Candace, thanks so much for coming back today. Oh, Connie, thank you. It is just a delight to be here again with you. And I just love... Um... I just love this platform and being able to share so many great, just useful tips with your listeners. Like, actually, let's get in and get the work done, right? They, Everybody wants to know, gets to the nuts and bolts. What's the cliff notes? What can I do and start implementing? I mean, and, some uh, of us. Hopefully today we can talk about Yeah, it. I think so. I mean, you gave some great tips last time, and it was real practical. And it, there is a difference between bullying and conflict 
And, you know, from your own experience, birth this entire um, business, really. And, you know, sometimes those are the best ways. Uh, you don't ever want it to happen, but, you know, God allowed you to go through what you went through with your son, who, who thankfully is doing amazing. And for those of you that may not have listened to the first part of this episode, Candace's own son was a victim of being bullied. And it took a little while for them to kind of identify it. But her son was actually even suicidal. And it was a quite an adventure that was not fun. Uh, so it wasn't like, let's go to have some good times. It was heart-wrenching and devastating. And it took a lot of work for you to bring your son to this thriving young man that he is now. So in the last episode, you had talked about stopping and listening and letting your kids uh, really be vulnerable and share how they were hurt or harmed or what is happening. You talked about documenting, getting those screenshots, how important that is, because there are sometimes there's criminal elements to it. Uh, we know with you doing corporate events where and sadly there's adult bullying it's not always in the workplace and it's not always in the classroom it can be in our homeschool co-ops it can be in our church youth groups welcome to the program <laughs> tell us a little bit more about yourself oh my goodness well i think you have set it up so beautifully i mean what could i add um i i do you know something that just caught me in your show notes that you were talking about for many families you know we have our coming home series which is really us trying to help parents understand bringing their kids home because for many of us, like myself, it was never, I can't wait to spend all this wonderful time with my children doing basket time. It's going to be delightful. I was like, I don't know what to do. I have this hurting child. We don't really fit in anywhere. And coming home did not feel warm and fuzzy. And it was scary and intimidating and broken. And um, for many of us, that creates a lot of anxiety ourselves as adults is how are we going to take this on? And then you take a child who's really hurting, right? Who might be, whether they've had school phobia or anxiety or depression or they were bullied, whatever it is, how do we create this coming home place that home can actually be happy again? And a place that's created. So if they're being cyberbullied and attacked and gaming bullied, just bringing them home doesn't stop that. And so that's something for many parents to just keep in mind. And as you said, bullying is a cultural problem. It's not a school problem. And camps. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it camps. runs rampant. I guess I forgot camps. about camps because those were non-existent <laughs> yeah. in 2020. Right? But And I understand because they normally have students come in for a week and they're turning them. So they don't think there's a long period of time there. And you also have youth counselors and you're trying to get people trained. And I understand that there can be a lot of damage that's done even in our small vacation Bible studies in groups. So always keeping that communication open with our kids. You shared in the last episode, I had said one, only one in 10 kids that are bullied will tell their parents. And you had said 70% of students never tell anyone. That is a staggering, staggering number. And when we think about that could be your child, either your child's causing that to someone or it has happened to them and it can alter, it can alter their behavior. You know, it can, it, it can change like it can change who they are, can it not? It can. And there's so many reasons people don't tell. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of embarrassment, depending on children's ages. They feel like I don't need mommy and daddy to solve it for me or somebody else. I, I should be able to handle this on my own. Or sometimes, as we talked about in our last episode, the reason to watch our words is if we tell our kids, well, you should be able to handle that. We may not have equipped them with the tools, just like we wouldn't give the 16-year-old the keys and toss them out on the road. 
we equip them before we send them out. If we're giving them social media devices or sending them places, we have to equip them with the tools to go to battle that we're asking for. Just turning them loose does not fix the problem. And so... I mean, you think even the virtual classes now, I mean, we think this is new. And I am I just have to share just a, a smidge of my story. We thought that bullying only happened at school or when your kids weren't with you. But now with millions of kids at home, tens of millions of children at home, uh, it's just more of the spotlight is on it, and it's still happening. It happened to my own children. Three out of my five, Candace, were bullied. One was just at a park. We were at a park, and I gave my middle schooler, you know, just freedom. Hey, go play basketball. Go do whatever you're going to do, and I'm going to do – probably I did read-alouds with the little ones. Came back, and he was visibly shaken. Well, while he was walking on the dock, just looking at the lake, he got jumped, and by several other guys and he was not prepared for that and he came back visibly shaken and it took a long time so you know I had one at a park just innocent I mean just kind of like happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time to be honest with you the other one happened in church when they had their youth groups one young gentleman decided to start kind of going after one of my kids and it, it, it escalated quite dramatically. Now, I will say, in that particular case, we were able to walk all the parties involved through it, where there was forgiveness, restoration, healing, which is, your, you know, your desired outcome. That did happen. However, my other child, my daughter, her bullying actually came from one of the youth pastors who uh, decided to publicly humiliate her on stage by making everybody vote for who was the prettiest on the stage. And it, it definitely rocked her world because that we, you know, yes, you want to be pretty or handsome or whatever, but we didn't, that wasn't who your identity was. And, And this was a very bad situation. And unfortunately, it didn't get resolved the way we wanted to. And I don't know that it ever fully got resolved with our daughter because those were painful. The things that were said or and done on that innocent evening when we weren't there. So I'm not saying churches are bad. I mean, anywhere it can happen. You teach and you speak all over the you know the world probably, uh, and you hear all kinds of stories. So Candace, this is what I want you to do. But even just acknowledge it, like what happened to your daughter, Connie. That happened in person, and I want you to think about um, students who, and this is not, I'm not saying this happened to your daughter, but when we see these things happen, people that might videotape that and then post that online, right. or those that are familiar with the online apps, like, I mean, I'm going to use uh, G-rated uh, words, but hot or not, or smash or pass, or any of those, so they're taking two pictures of a, a girl and putting them up there, and is that something that you would even find attractive or not, how that just gets into our Psyche as a young girl, imagine that being as you had with your daughter. Yeah. How broken. And then a person in leadership. It's just completely inappropriate. You know, you touched on that. That uh, well, I think you said one third of the bullies are authority figures. Adults. Yep. One third of our, at least the calls that we get. And consistently, I've seen that in the same reports. Uh, our teachers, authorities, you know, most of the statistics out there is about a third. 
Yeah. And it just, you know, as a mother, you and I both know, it makes us just want to go. Um, my mom used to always say, I'm a jerk and not in your chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel some days, right? Um, so Candace, all right. Listeners, I want you, I knew you took notes last time. We're going to dive in. And Candace, I just want you to give us some some practical, what do parents do uh, when they suspect it? When should they be talking to their kids? And then if it's happening to your kids. So I'm just assigned you three topics and I'm going to give you the mic. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to try, I'll do my best to keep up with them and break them down. So the first thing I, I just want to make sure when parents are talking about what happened to your children was bullying. And you actually, where we talked about 80% of bullying is actually not physical. Your son was assaulted. Right. As right, part of his right. bullying, he was physically assaulted. 80% of bullying, though, is not always lead to physical assault. However, it does happen. And in all of your cases, you dealt with serious bullying. And one was actually an outcome. And I think I'll kind of start here. One was an outcome that you were actually able to come to some form of a conflict resolution. Yeah. It, it escalated. Yeah. But let's break down for a second. What is the difference when we're talking about normal conflict or bullying? Because that might help parents know where to start to help their kids, Good right? Point. Yes. So if we're dealing with normal conflict, there is equal power in a relationship, right? Both people, there's like an equal power. There's not an imbalance. When conflict happens, both people are upset. If you're in conflict, you're upset and they're upset. And I'm not talking about like fake upset, but like really upset. Both people are intense and they're upset. Both people normally when there's, a, they want to have a resolution to the problem. They want to resolve the problem. They don't want this to keep going. When you're dealing with conflict, you actually want a resolution. I think that's an interesting distinction for parents to understand that. Right. It's important. And then also when most people, they want the relationship restored. Most of the time when you're dealing with conflict, and I'm not saying you're going to end up best buddies on again, but you want a resolution restored that there's not this te underlying tension. When we're dealing with conflict, we want to resolve it, whether it's in the workplace or the classroom or that we want it resolved so we can all move forward. Conflict also happens occasionally. It is not consistent. It is not ongoing. Conflict is occasional. Bullying is going to be ongoing. And then conflict is not emotionally damaging. You're not to, I mean, it can hurt our feelings. And we can be upset, but we're not talking about things that are causing serious emotional, physical stress in ongoing conflict. Could you give an example? Would that be, for instance, somebody doesn't get invited to the birthday party and they see it online? That wouldn't be bullying. That would be... Mm -hmm. Now, it would not be bullying unless the group of girls were intentionally maybe um, making fake accounts and sending them by. I'm not saying it's girls. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. let's just pick one. That there's a <laughs> lot of drama behind it and... They're making fun of the other person and they're sending photos or they're making snarks as to, well, I'm so glad we didn't invite her because she's so you know, ugly or not with us. Or that mean spiritedness that comes under it. Not mom can only let me have three people over. There's a difference in the spirit behind it. And so when we're dealing with bullying, bullies, they, you know, it's really interesting. They tend to have a smirk or they can fake being upset in front of authorities but there's really not a genuineness under it. They don't want that genuine reconciliation. And as I said, you know, conflict tends to be ongoing in these situations. If it's a, if it's a sleepover and you've gone occasionally, but you can't go this time because the mom set limits, well, you know, that's a reasonable boundary. And you can under, you know, it's, we can understand that this is a conflict and we can move forward and set up something different, but it does become different when there's an underlying tone of meanness or leaving somebody out or an intentional, harming or making fun of them online. That would really be the difference. So so I want to make sure parents kind of get the difference there when we're talking about conflict with your kids and bullying. 
And when we start talking about bullying, I think one of the most important things is why are these kids bullying, right? Or why are people bullying? I mean, workplace bullying, more than 60 million adults are affected by workplace bullying. Huge numbers, right? And big numbers, big numbers. So when we start talking about it coming down from our teachers to our kids to what they're seeing, they're just some common traits that can go along with our bullies. They tend to have really high self-esteem. I'll be quite honest. Have you ever heard? Oh, you mean they think very highly of themselves? (laughs) Yes. Have you ever heard? One of the biggest myths of bullying is, well, they must be bullying other people because they feel bad about themselves. That's what I would have thought. I'm sure many of us have heard that. Yeah. Right? And it's actually a myth. If you look at many of the people that are bullying, they're actually using it as a hierarchy of social ladder climbing. So they can tend to have very inflated egos and narcissists. They tend to think very highly of themselves. They also like to dominate others. They tend to be people who like to dominate and they can struggle with impulse control. So it's something to think about when we're helping our own kids, taking a look at um, bullying traits. And as we're teaching in our own homes, our bullies, they also tend to lack empathy. They find it really hard to see other people's perspectives. It's something that they struggle with. They tend to blame others often. They don't like to take personal responsibility. They like to break the rules or push the boundaries. You know, they don't tend to stay in the lines. They like to push that. And they have really strong social cues. And that's something that can make bullying really difficult because these kids tend to be able to read body language very well. They so read they know who to cues. target? Is that what you mean? Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Exactly. They are extremely versed in being able to pick up who is going to be that target. And it is never a child's fault that they're being bullied. But there are things we can do as parents to help our children be less of a target. Pretty complex issue, but a few things that we can do is we find. And, and I'm just going to say, you in your course that you're going to be teaching in January 2021, that's going to be an ongoing course, right? And you're going to go it deeper is. into all of this. So you're just giving yes. a little taste, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm giving you a little taste, a, t- a kind of a tip of the a tip of what we're the spear, right? Like what we're talking about here. But when we're talking with our kids who are really kind of struggling with bullying or if we think our child either being bullied by another child or is our child having some of these issues, when we start to understand the traits of a bully and when we start to understand what makes somebody an easier target, we can then start to help our children be equipped to to handle it on both directions and raise kids who are also courageous to stand up for others when they see them being persecuted. For example, your daughter that was on stage. Mm Mm-hmm. If all of the children in that youth group had gone through a basic training program on it, they many times we find it's through education, they have the courage and the vocabulary to stand up and call it out. And in the middle of six seconds, it can be, hey, that's not okay, or we don't do that here. It can stop it instantly when somebody can really step in and know how to deflect it in the right way. Not the person that's a bully and not the person who's being bullied, but that big portion of the middle population who can kind of you know, at least direct it or steer somebody out of a direction and out of harm's way. And so as we're raising leaders, when we're equipping them with this power and knowledge, it's so much more than protecting them and making sure they're not on the other side of the criminal behavior, right? But equipping them. Well, and I say that. No, but you're right. I just just read a statistic, 37% of bullies by the time they are 24, 25, will end up with a criminal record. So if we don't really equip, if we have kids that we're not kind of checking and helping deal with their bullying tendencies, they tend to have the criminal record or they tend to be in the abusive relationships or they tend to, there are things that just will grow if they're not put into balance. 
So we don't do either side help. I want you to pick back up with your thought on the being courageous and having the vocabulary to discern it and identify it and all that. But let me ask you a question. Are bullies born from a home environment? I will say it's sort of like everything. There are always exceptions. I do find that some bullies can come absolutely out of a home that there has been bullying or character traits. But we also have a society right now that is encouraging bullying behavior. I and love so, that you just identified that. Yes. Yeah, it's it's something that's encouraged. And 80% of people will even say their bosses are bullies, right? Because we reward this strong, dominant, this behavior that we're seeing sometimes. It's, it's sort of uh, kind of rewarded in our culture. And so we have to be careful of that. However, a lot of kids that are bullied... Uh, can do what I call retaliation bullying. If they've been bullied enough, they will turn around and start bullying themselves because they're broken and it becomes a, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. Yet then you have a big portion that's just kind of narcissist, big self-esteem because they feel entitled to walk all over people because they can. So I, you know, I see three categories of my bullies. Well, the reason I said that is, you know, sometimes to me, that's somewhat of a myth because there's a lot of young people that do pretty awful things and their families are what I would consider a normal family. There's not a perfect family. It's somewhat of a myth thinking that's where it's coming from. I mean, it's being a bully is it's a lack of, of character development. It's a lack of loving somebody as yourself. I mean, there's so many aspects of it. And I, I thought as we dive into this, that I didn't want to place a heap of coals on a parent's head thinking, Oh, it's my fault. It might not be your fault. It may be, but it, it it's probably not your fault. It is not. It probably is not. But I, I do. I, I just don't want anybody to think it never happens, right? There's so many different categories. But it's not like kids that are bullying are coming always from a broken home or they're being abused or bullied. It doesn't. It's just not that clean cut. And one of my, I think you and I talked right before the show. One of my most requested workshops is so you think your kid's a bully. It's the parents that are like. Am I creating this? Is this happening in my house? I'm noticing my child's behavior is really, a, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm starting to see their reaction. And, and we've passed in our home that sometimes we don't even think about that kids bully their siblings. We can sometimes have sibling bullying that passes rivalry, but we're starting to see character traits at school and at home and on gaming and online. And we start to put it together and go, wow, how can I help my child? This is probably passing what I think is um, even just conflict or or kids messing around or anything. We've passed that. So one, give me one thing a parent should do, like the top thing you, you tell parents, if they suspect their children are being a bully, what's one thing you, you either ask them or, or tell them, instruct them to do? Number one, I normally, I, I feel like when you come and approach your child, they're going to deny it. So do you have any backup? Right. If you have a parent who gets alerts and you're getting things online, it's, you know, I've seen this behavior and we need to address it and talk about it. And I'm very concerned. But most of the time, if you approach somebody, they're going to deny it or they're going to lie about it or they're going to brush it off. So I try to help parents make sure they have, as we talked about in the first one, documentation. If you see it in black and white and you have printouts of what your child's been saying to another child, kind of hard to blow that off. So if they are bullying and they go and their child denies it, um, obviously, you've got to take that a little further. What What do you suggest next? 
Well, depending on what form, right? So I, I tend to, when we're working with parents, we tend to look at a holistic plan of what the child's doing. Where is it coming from? Is it in one situation? If we're seeing it in one area or we've seen it across the board. So I want parents to kind of look at if you're consistently seeing the issue across the board, I am sort of a fan of we need to check it and deal with it now before it escalates. Okay. Right? Yeah. If you nip it in the bud. If you if you don't, you're you're really not helping your children because they could be one of the children who start to deal with issues of assault or harassment or other things. As we talked about, we don't want to do that. So we want to sit and deal with the issue. And if it happened, for example, if you have children who are consistently abusing privileges and harassing children in one platform, it might be time that that's a consequence that needs to happen because you've abused a power or a privilege in one direction. And we need to take some time to kind of work through that and make amends. I have to tell you, one of the biggest things that uh, bullies don't always like to do is to apologize for their behavior and to make amends because they don't want to take personal responsibility. But that big dose of A, <laughs> right, the big dose of apology and making amends and trying to make it right, which you were very lucky happened in one of your situations, can really help a child understand the pain that they've caused another person. If they're able to be in a situation where they can hear and see empathy and understand, you can sometimes start to curb a behavior. What do you say to parents whose children, like your son, were being um, bullied and they're suspecting something, they're not quite sure, but they're noticing some behavioral changes or maybe they're, they're having emotional outbursts or they're losing interest in school or you know, having a little sass with mom and dad, what, what should those parents do? You know, Connie, I, this is what I wish I would have known back then is that I did not press too hard up front and I didn't accuse. I have to tell you when my, my child first, and this is one thing that I've apologized for as an adult many times when my son had told me about the bullying, my first response was, well, did you do anything to them? Oh, haven't we all said that, Candace? I think we've <laughs> all I said still, that. <laughs> I know. And and honestly, to parents out there, I, I can't tell you how many times I've apologized for that because my child did nothing wrong, and yet I blame them for that behavior. And it cost me a lot. He had to do a lot of damage control. Mm. A lot because he then started to feel that I wasn't trustworthy to come to. He was hurting and needed help. And I rejected him in that piece, right? I wasn't safe. And my advice was. You heaped, um, you know, guilt on him. Smile, right? It was smile and be nice. And what did you do to them? And I'm sure if you're nice to them, they'll be nice to you and all the things we had heard. But in the end, we weren't dealing with conflict. I was dealing with somebody who intentionally wanted to harm my child. Yeah, there's there's a place for what you just said as far as, you know, was there a reason you weren't invited <laughs> to the birthday party? Right. You know, right. maybe right. you're obnoxious right. or, you know, or yeah. whatever it is. So I, I would say that that is a common response if it's a conflict issue. But if it's a bullying issue, that kind of goes to your point that you made in part one. And that is to stop and listen. You were very intentional about saying stop and listen and let your child be uh, be heard. And we had talked about affirming them that you do hear what they're talking about, not this rush to judgment that they had a part of it, right? Right, right. And that really comes from my own experience of what I wish I would have known. And taking a pause when your child says something and just taking that pause and letting it sit. And I know that must be hard for you. Would you tell me more? 
invite them into a place of safety. They can share more information. And for many of our kids, they're scared to tell you because they're afraid you're going to run off half cocked off to the administration or make it worse. And I will tell you, parents, from my own experience, I ran off to the school trying to be mother there and fix it. And I put my son's safety in his life in more danger. Because that fear of retaliation, I mean, there really well, yes, is retribution. He was retaliated against. He was retaliated against horribly to the point, yeah, like, jumped in locker room six. It was bad. But then, you know, to keep silent, shut your mouth, right? Keep silent. Don't say anything or we'll make it worse on you. And so I I invite parents that sometimes they're terrified to tell you because they there's this underlying, they know what's going to happen. And so creating a plan with your child that number one, they always feel safe. Create safety. If you have a child who's dealing with these issues, they might be struggling with a lot more and feeling unsafe in many areas. So creating that space to listen to them, to hear them, to create safety. My job is to keep you safe. How can I help do that? How can we create a plan together, especially for your older teens, teaching them these resolution skills, like teaching them how to handle problems. I'm not going to run off and do this. We're going to create a plan together. Let's document this together. Let me work with you on what we can do so that you're training the child, like teaching them how to handle the issues on their own, but then also equipping them that you're there. Your job is to keep them safe, help them feel secure, and create a support network for them to get through this difficult situation. You know, obviously, it's different when you have an eight or nine-year-old who truly doesn't know what's happened. All they know is how it feels. Uh, versus you have a middle schooler who's in the middle of the hormonal change, the brain circuitry is firing, their logic, their reasoning skills are starting to develop, but they're still, you know, they're still not quite confident, confident enough to tackle this. And then when you get an older teenager, their response is going to be quite different. So I would imagine you really do a lot of praying before you address each situation so that you know exactly what do you do. You've got to know your child, right? You need to know your child. And I also think as parents, you need to have just some tools and resources in your back pocket, which is why we've tried to create programs for our little kids, our kindergarten to elementary, that younger before fourth grade and our older kids, because those conversations are so different and bullying can look different. Once they have access to social media more, that transitions more. So we have to really look at where our children are and keeping them safe. If a child's coming home as, and you know, Connie, you and I haven't even talked about my youngest son who was 12 and you would think me, I had already gone through this with my oldest son, right? I had already gone through bullying. I'd almost lost him. And here, my youngest son was still in school in third grade, started dealing with bullying. He's on the spectrum. I, I, I knew children with special needs have more, um, they're higher targets with disabilities of being bullied. I had approached the school. He had asked for help repeatedly and was being bullied, like coming home with marks on his lip and like punches on his body. And we had approached the school. And even with all we were doing for a whole year, it was not working. And we actually ultimately had to pull him out. It was the day I found my son nine years old. And I, I try to, <laughs> you try to get these conversations and not cry. But the day I found that little boy nine years old under my bed screaming, I'd rather die than go back there another day. And they had been stealing his library books. They punched his, pushed his face in the urinal. They would, and then when he'd tell, it was don't be a tattletale, which many of our kids who are, um, on the special needs spectrum, they struggle. They don't have the social cues and the awareness. They don't have a lot of the, uh, they're not able to think as quickly on their feet. 
as many of the other kids are, and they struggle. And the days I went to school to be with them and he sat alone at the table or just wanted to be by himself, I thought, we're not doing this again. I'm just not. And my husband was like, honey, you've got serious health issues. We're already homeschooling one. And I was like, I know, but I, I, I can't do this another day with him. And now that little boy um, has started middle school and he's a little published author with his books and he speaks on bullying and mental health. And he's, he just is a delight to be around now and loves, loves just his whole goal next year is to do a TED talk, which I think is so adorable, but he just has this passion for helping other students see their potential. And here he is a 12 year old autistic boy who through homeschooling, and giving him the freedom to feel safe and secure again has been able to find who he is. Even in our family where I thought I knew it all, right? Like, I mean, I'd done it all. We had started doing all of this work and then I started to see it again. So for families out there and mamas and dads, don't beat yourself up. Uh, it is, you do the best you can with the information you have. I love that. You know, people have asked me, Candace, because my children are all adults and I have a different perspective, right? Because I know all the stages and I knew what happened and I knew the outcome. And people had said, you know, why didn't you write sooner? Well, why did you wait? And I said, because there's something about walking through it that gives you a unique perspective to be able to speak. Because for me personally, I, I want to talk to somebody who's actually gone through it. My buddies or my friends that are in the middle of it, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I hope it works for you. I needed to know because that's my personality. And, you know, for you, you've walked through it. And now you have, it's got to just use this for you to have this platform to speak and equip millions of parents all around the world because if you have children I hate to say this and correct me if I'm wrong but I'm at a point now where I work with so I mean so many parents that it to me it's now become not an if but a when you're right well your children are dealing with it it is they are either dealing with it on being bullied being the bully or seeing it. Yeah. It's in their world. It's which three of these categories are they in? And when we start to see, as we see even online, how many people stop speaking up and they stop having courage to say something because they don't want to be the next target. And we're creating a whole new generation of people who just aren't standing for those being persecuted and giving power to evil. And it's just a part of what's become part of normal culture. And it is not okay. And so if we don't train our the, that big middle portion, right, if we have kind of bookends and we have our kids be bullied on one side and the kids who are the victims on the other side, that whole middle pack, they have so much power. Your kids who might not be dealing with it, even if they're not dealing with it now, they may deal with it from work. They may deal with it in relationships. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we won't even open that yeah. can of worms. But. <laughs> I have to have you on in another episode if you're further down the road because you're a busy lady. But, you know, I just have to, as we wrap this up, Candace, and I, I know my listeners are, they're processing it all. God is still God. God is on the throne. And this is not to make you feel discouraged or to make you think that, or to live in fear, because God has not given us a spirit of fear. The whole purpose of doing this is to create awareness. If you don't know about it, you might miss it until it's hit you square in the face. And what Candace's mission and what my mission is, is to equip you with the tools needed to either preempt some of this so that your kids can walk through what they're seeing, experiencing, or 
perpetrating to others, you can you can be on the front end instead of trying to play catch up. And that is the goal. And I know, Candace, that's why you have dedicated so much of what you do uh, to helping and, and filling this uh, gap filler. You're building a bridge from one uh, helping kids in this area where it's beyond math, reading, writing, and science. It's it's and it's beyond knowing when where to place the fork and the knife at the dinner table. It goes to the core of who somebody is, and it can shape and form and fashion them in a good way. I mean, it, the outcome can be good as as with both of your kids. So it doesn't have to be dreary or no hope because God is a God of hope. So that's not the message at all of this podcast, and that's not your message at all, Candace. So. Um, no, it just takes intentionality. Yeah, would you? It takes us being intentional. Tell us, uh, tell us more about the course you have going on in 2021, the classes that you offer, and where everybody can find you. Because listeners, go find Candace and start learning from what she's experienced and what she's learned. Well, first, you can find me at our website at Bullied, Broken, Redeemed. We also, um, for parents out there who are maybe looking for parent workbooks or kid books or books to read with your students. We have a lot of our stuff up on Amazon and in our stores. But as you mentioned, uh, Connie, we are releasing, it's close to a 20-week class, but it's pretty much 16 lessons to prepare our children for all aspects of Gen Z bullying, from gaming bullying and cyberbullying, and even in workplace or adults, we talk about conflict resolution. We also cover, we have a team that works with us and we cover some very basics on mental health. And if you start to see concerns, how to get help, what to do, if you see it in a friend, just basics. We also cover social media addiction, which so many kids are struggling with in addiction and being able to identify it and knowing what to do. So we we kind of tackle lots of different topics and want to not only train and equip them, but give them tools to use throughout their life if they see them. Because we want to create strong leaders for the future. We want to create kids who are strong in the mission field and who are really able to stand when they see these things happening. So they're not just sitting on the sidelines. They have the tools to be active problem solvers. And uh, we are we released our class January 4th. That is going to be ongoing and it can be self-paced. And if any groups are out there, we are we work with churches and academies and co-ops and clubs, and they run them as after-school groups and all types of things around the world. So it's quite exciting. And you do corporate events as well, right? Because we have we have bullying in the workplace. Yeah. Yes, I actually train a lot in corporate. We're working on a really great thing, which I'm excited will probably be rolling out in the spring for Take Your Child to Work Day, really breaking down these conversation barriers between, you know, the younger generation and what they like to call us old boomers on what could you possibly understand about what I'm doing, right? And and breaking those barriers and having conversations of how can how can we, the older generation, understand this younger generation and break down some of these barriers so that parents can have honest conversations and all families can have the tools if it comes up? Because your family could be attacked even as a family from cyberbullying or you you never know. So can we prepare parents and children at the same time? Absolutely, because it's the same skill set. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for carving out as much time as you have to to join me on the Equipped to Be podcast and serving families and and youth 
in this very, very important area in this season of time. God just kind of placed you here right now with this message and this word, and I pray that it is God continues to bless your efforts. And listeners, thank you for joining us today. Thank you that you came alongside and that you have been so faithful to subscribe and follow this podcast at Equipped to Be, and as my goal to equip you for the things that God's called you to do, because you are equipped. Uh, to do the things that God's called you to do. So thanks for joining me today. Candace, thank you for being my guest again. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely a delight. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.